the way everyone started is a boss saying, hey, we have a website. Can you figure out how to get some traffic? Or they've said like, hey, you know, we have this problem. We have a website. It's getting traffic. You know, go figure it out. So people have been asked to go figure it out because that's how you great, how you grow great employees, right? Now, it doesn't mean they have to figure out every single part of everything because you have processes, you have a lot of learning, but the way that's easy to do it is say, hey, John, I want you to own this thing. Here's a bunch of processes of how we've been doing it so far, but I know you're a smart guy and you can probably make these processes even better, right? So you want to give people ownership, right? That's the essence of effective delegation. And, and that's the essence of really, you know, getting to the bottom of, of getting your great people to give the best, best output on a very consistent level. I'm John Wright, and you're listening to Affiliate BI, the business intelligence and affiliate marketing podcast brought to you by StatsDrone. Welcome to the Affiliate BI podcast. Today, we're chatting with Mad Singers, who is the founder of the SEO Mastery Summit. He's also the founder of Aristo Sourcing. And I've seen Matt's, uh, Mads around in the SEO communities. And I reached out to him because I saw a post that he shared on product uh, management and managing people. And that leads into his other business, which is the Mads Singers Management Consulting. Uh, Mads, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, John. Super excited to be here. So I want to put SEO on the side for a moment and talk about time management because I saw a clip of you, how you said, you know, people and business owners could be smart and effective with their time as a business owner. And that's when I realized that there's more to you than just SEO, which is how I uh, viewed you uh, just from our, our networks in common. Just want to know if you can dive a little bit deeper into the topic or share some stories about um, how you help companies. Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, my, my, my key passion in life is management and, and really twofold. It's helping create a lot of great bosses out there because there's a ton of people in this world who haven't got great bosses. And reality is if you can get a good boss and that, yeah, that gives you a better life generally. Right. So that, that's sort of my, my core passion. Now, uh, a large part of my, my audience is sort of in the e-commerce and SEO side of things. And, uh, I've been in SEO myself since around 2007, where I started out in affiliate marketing. Uh, but my background really is in the corporate world where I work with IBM and Xerox and lots of companies and, and fundamentally really what I spend most of my time doing now is really teaching people and helping people how to become better business owners, because reality is most SEOs know enough SEO to make hundreds of millions of dollars. SEO knowledge is not where they're struggling, where they are struggling is in management. So it's how to build a business, how to be a CEO and particularly in how to manage people, right? So many SEOs are very introvertish and so on, and therefore they're not necessarily great at the people management part by nature, but fundamentally, I believe management is something that is taught. It's not something that, you know, it's not something that people just born with. Everyone have to learn management. Everyone have different strengths and weaknesses. So people need to learn different parts of management, depending on who they are. Um, and that's really my focus. So specifically around time management, and this is something that SEOs spend a lot of time and effort thinking about. And my philosophy is very, very simple. It is very rarely about time, but it is about priorities. Most SEOs are thinking about how can I do more in less time? 
But that's not really the right question. The right question they should be asking themselves is, what is the right thing to do? Because reality is when you're, when you're building a business, your goal is to be a business owner or at least hire someone to be the CEO role in the company. But most SEOs are so good at SEO and they're so busy learning more tricks about SEO. They're so busy trying to have incremental improvements in this and this. And, you know, I, I speak at a lot of conferences and everyone's always so busy trying to get this little hint and tip that can maybe give them like a small, tiny edge somewhere. But reality is for most SEOs, the edge is learning business, learning to become a better leader because they have the knowledge, right? When you look around at the people who make the most money in SEO, it's not the smartest people. It's not the best SEOs. It's the people who take action, who delegate well, and who grows a business. Those are the people that makes a lot of money, right? I'd agree. Uh, I, I've spent a lot of time in the last year looking at some of the some of the mentors I have in the affiliate marketing space and going, what is what is their key to success? And you know, there's one um, really big iGaming affiliate I had the chance to interview, and I said, you know, what is the key to your success? when everyone is jockeying, like they're bragging about being like the 24th best iGaming affiliate in the iGaming space. And I said, why are you in like, you know, the top one or two or three? And what's the secret to your, your success? And they had an answer lined up, which was most people don't have a long-term vision or plan. And I believe that to be true. But what I think I've seen uh, behind the fence that that person didn't share was that they actually are very optimized in their business, in their management. And it looks like they have like really good people in place. And yeah, maybe there's a lot there where, you know, delegation and, you know, just the uh, leadership is really a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the big thing because the reality is again with SEO, like it's not that the people who make the most money. I mean, if you, if you look at companies that are doing well, it's often link building businesses. They do extremely well because they're, they're taking a very simple process, for example, doing guest post outreach or whatever. They're taking a very simple process and they're just scaling it, right? And I, I know multiple people who have done million dollar exits in, in link building businesses, right? And you don't see that everywhere in SEO, right? But that's because they're taking, they're, they're focusing in on one area, one very simple process, and they're just scaling it up, right? Most of the time is, like I, I work with so many agency owners and the first thing I asked them is what happens if you get sick for three months and can't do anything. And in 90% of the case, the companies goes on, right? Reality in my mind, reality is if your business cannot survive without you for three months, you hardly have a business. I mean, you have a very well-paid job, but it's not a business. You can't sell it in most cases because without you, it stops existing. Now, there's definitely certainly affiliate niches and so on where you can still make a decent bit of money from uh, selling a company like that because someone else has the skill set and can take it over straight away, right? But but fundamentally, it's getting into the business mindset of things that that is fundamentally how you grow, right? And what, one of the things I always look at, like people are so eager to do their own SEO, but reality is you can go and hire a great SEO for five grand a month or maybe 10 grand a month sometimes, right? Like you can hire some really, really good people. Now you can make a hell of a lot more money than 10 grand a month if you run a business and you have a good system to grow and scale. So you're much, much better hiring out the expertise 
because skills, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's SEO or if it's Facebook ads or whatever, skills like that, you know, you can hire people to do them. Running a business and having the business vision and so on, that is very difficult to hire people to do. Yeah, I think that's where it helps to have some experience and all those things. But uh, I think I can relate to everything you're saying where in my own journey in the last 10 years, the more I've been able to say, I can get someone that's better at that than I am. Like, for example, SEO. I like SEO, but I'm never going to be better than someone who lives and breathes it day in and day out. And uh, yep. you know, I'm also passionate about uh, user experience design, the exact same thing. We had the luxury of hiring a, um, a SaaS design agency called UserActive, and they're experts at this. So once I saw their, their work, I'm like, I'm never doing this task again. Never. Yep. So and that's, that, that's the essentials. So what would you say are like, you know, the key points of being effective at delegating? Yeah, so the, I would say that there's three key points um, to effective delegating. Number one, and this is particular for SEOs, is delegating responsibility rather than tasks. And what does this look like in practice? So number one, uh, most people sit down and they're like, okay, we need to hire someone and we want them to do this task. So let's take, let's take link building as an example, just because it's easy. So they have a system and they tell someone, hey, you know, I want you to sit down. Here's a process of how we find or identify sites that are good. I want you to find 100 sites every single day. And you have someone sit down and they're literally just doing the same repeatable task day in, day out. Right. Now, from an ownership standpoint, from a interest standpoint, from a how fun is this standpoint, uh, this is one, a very boring job. And two, it's one of those jobs where you will never see people come and suggest improvements. They'll never come up and say, hey, why don't we do this instead of that? And the fundamental reason why they can't do that is because they haven't actually got the ownership. They're being told the task to do instead of giving the ownership of owning it. So the, the different part of it, so ownership is saying, hey, John, you know, I hire you because you're great at spreadsheets. I can see you're very detail-oriented. You get stuff right. I want to hire you for this job because we really, really need to get someone in here who can help take this off my plate because I don't have the time to do it, but can do an exceptionally good job. Now, our goal is to build, I don't know, 100 links a month. And we want you to be this critical part of the process. And we want you to own this area so that we get quality data out. Now, the way we get links is from going through, reaching out to sites and, you know, going through the whole concept of how you get links, but helping them understand what is the end goal they're trying to achieve, not just sit down and email a hundred people, but why are you emailing a hundred people and giving them the ownership. So instead of saying your goal is to email a hundred people every day, I would say your goal is to get a hundred links a month. Right. I'll actually make you responsible for it. And then I want you to own it. I want you to look at the data. I want you to look at, hey, you know, we emailed these hundred, we had zero responses. We emailed these hundred and we had 20, you know, figuring out how do we get, do better. And that only comes when you actually give people ownership. And I'll, I'll actually take it a step further. I'll, I'll use SEO as the prime example. Most people who are Let's say everyone who's good at SEO today 
none of them started in SEO by being told, here's a bunch of processes, go do this thing. The way everyone started is a boss saying, hey, we have a website. Can you figure out how to get some traffic? Or they said like, hey, you know, we have this problem. We have a website. It's getting traffic. You know, go figure it out. So people have been asked to go figure it out because that's how you great, how you grow great employees, right? Now, it doesn't mean they have to figure out every single part of everything because you have processes, you have a lot of learning, but the way that's easy to do it is say, hey, John, I want you to own this thing. Here's a bunch of processes of how we've been doing it so far. But I know you're a smart guy and you can probably make these processes even better, right? So you want to give people ownership, right? That's the essence of effective delegation. And, and that's the essence of really, you know, getting to the bottom of, of getting your great people to give the best, best output on a very consistent level. Yeah. It sounds basic as hell to say, go figure it out. Like, it's almost like you're admitting that I don't know how it should be done best. But maybe that's actually the problem of most people is that they actually know how it should be done. And then you get into micromanagement. Yes. And, and that, that is the problem. That there's two aspects. Admitting is a great word. Now, the thing is, I don't want to know. Right? The problem is every time I know the answer to something, the questions land up on my desk. Every single time. Like I had a good example. I started a podcast a few years back. And uh, I hired a girl to do it who had never heard about podcasts, didn't know what it was. I literally sat down with her. I could see she was very driven. She was very good at getting things done. I sat down with her and I gave her the objectives. I said, I want to start in a month. So I gave him a month to get a bunch of uh, podcasts lined up and so on because I wanted to give myself a bit of leeway. So I said, I want to start in a month. We want to publish an episode. I think it was every Wednesday. I can't remember even what time it was, but basically once a week. The only thing I wanted to do was to open my calendar. I wanted to see book meetings in there for podcast. So she had to do that. She had to get the meetings in and make sure they were well arranged. And then I wanted to press the record button. Everything else I wanted her to take care of. I wanted her to figure out where the recording went, find it. I wanted her to figure out how to edit, how to publish, how to produce a podcast, how to get it shared, how to do everything. And then the third goal I had to have was that we have to get at least 5,000 listeners within the first three months. And that was basically the goals I set for her. Now, she had never heard about podcasting. And a month later, we had already stacked up. I think it was eight or nine interviews we had stacked up before we actually kicked off with the first one. And I'm sure the first two or three of five were not super great. Like, I'm sure the editing got a lot better over time and so on. Um, but the whole thing was, I had nothing to do with it. I spent 30 minutes interviewing people and that was all I did, right? And this is what you want to do from a business standpoint. If you're a business owner, this is what you want to do. You want to be the person who is responsible because you have to make sure stuff get done, but you want to be the person who is giving out responsibilities for areas of the business. And when you do that, people step up, they take ownership. The problem, the, the opposite, what you see with many SEOs, when you're a micromanager, when you're constantly having to check everyone's task and when everything comes back to you and you're constantly the bottleneck, that is a sign that you're micromanager. And what happens is when you do that, the one thing you will hear again and again is 
my staff is not good enough. They, I don't know how to get them to do it. I don't trust them enough. And it's not really about trust, but the fundamental thing is that they haven't given them the ownership in the first place. And because of that, they're not growing. So what happens is normally, if you're here as the CEO, you've learned a bunch of stuff, you hire someone to do a job, you have a bit of knowledge. So they start out below you, but if they're fully focused on that thing for a long time, they will eventually get above. Now, what happens in most cases is people are micromanaging. So they're dealing with everything. They're growing more than their staff and the staff never outperform them because they keep doing the job. And the problem with doing that is they're not doing the essential things. And that's point number two when it comes to delegation. It is about figuring out what are the things that you should be doing to really move your business forward, right? The amount of time that you'll see business CEOs sitting, looking at HRF data, sitting, looking at all sorts of stuff like that, it's insane, right? They're not running a business. They're not. And that is the fundamental challenge, right? So figure out to put the right people in place, give them ownership and let them do what they can. Now, they're not going to get everything right because the first time you and I did things, we didn't get it right. The first time I've had every single new job, I've made mistakes, I've made some bug ups and I've learned from it, but there have been good people around me. They haven't taught me not to make mistakes. They've helped me a lot. They've given me a lot of guidance. Uh, which probably means I haven't made as many mistakes as I could have if I had to figure out everything for myself. Um, but that's the essence. So I'm going to be sort of devil's advocate. Everything you said, yep. I'm, I'm totally into. But when I try to look at this and go, how do we apply it to other companies, not just my own, but other companies I've seen. And when I hear stories about the wrong person being having the responsibility and it's starting to clash or they're they're actually taking the ship in the wrong direction. How, how do you help uh, business owners not only get over that fear, but make sure that this is being done right? And then are we going full circle back into micromanaging? The, the, the third part of it is hire the right people yeah. and put them in the right seat. So the thing is, all people have natural tendencies. They have things that they're naturally good at and things they're naturally less good at. Every one of us has that. And learning to understand people is probably the single most powerful trait to hire more successfully. So when it comes to recruitment, I always say hiring, it's a simple game. You know, if you don't know what you're doing, your chance of getting it right is one out of 10 or two out of 10. The, get it, the better you get at hiring, the more your, your chances increase, right? The better hiring framework you have, it never gets 10 out of 10 because you're yeah. dealing with humans. Sometimes you hire a human that just, you know, they get a divorce the following day or whatever happens. Life happens, right? Um, but learning to understand people, for me personally, have been the number one trick, if you will. Not that I think there's any particular tricks to management, but it's been the number one thing that have really, really up my game personally. Because if you put the right people in the right seats, you are so much more likely to succeed, right? So when you're looking at people, your people are like extremely driven, extremely go-getters, just getting things done, but not necessarily very detail-oriented, right? Yeah. They're great at certain things. They'll be great at outreach. They're often great at sales and so on. You have people who are by nature super extroverted. They want to talk with everyone all the time. 
They are absolutely not organized. They're absolutely crap at data. They're often great in sales roles and events roles and stuff like that. But the thing is, you have to put the right people in the right roles. Most people, like you and I, we can force ourselves to do something for a period of time. But if we're doing something that we're not naturally good at, then eventually we're going to be not very good at, right? Because if you're forcing, like if you're not naturally good at, like say bookkeeping or data, or, or if you, you know, if you can't stand the side of Excel, now again, you can, you can force yourself to do it for a little period of time, but eventually it ain't going to go anymore. And when that happens, you're basically just in a situation where you're, you're, you're fighting nature, right? It sounds like a basic concept, but I believe what you're saying is, is kind of true of like, why do companies, you know, either go out of business or why do some kind of stay at a level and don't really uh, achieve like a breakthrough in success? And what are the people that are actually doing it? Well, like what's, what's the secret sauce. And I think the, what you're saying, I believe to be true in a lot of ways where I've been really lucky to have made a lot of mistakes in hiring the wrong people, but I think with the people that I've taken the chance on have actually been just that. Like, for example, my business partner, I got him on board because he comes from the corporate world and he's extremely good with people. And he's helped me manage our tech team better, where I believe we actually had the right CTO. So, you know, I'm, I'm learning leadership as you go, but I believe what you're saying is just spot on probably the, the biggest single takeaway from this, uh, from this chat. There's the big thing for me, like if you're a business owner, your goal is to run a business. It is not to do SEO, yeah. right? And this is for, for most SEOs, that sounds scary. It sounds, but yeah, it's like most things. If you can learn how to be great at SEO, you can learn how to be great at management. But just like the first time you looked at a website and you didn't know what the, what an SEO doing, like same thing, right? Like it takes time to learn. Now here's the thing. All the people I work with, they all come to me in the beginning. They say, Hey, can I just hire someone to do this thing so I can do SEO or, you know, oh, I am not good at managing people. But here's the thing. It's not that they're bad at managing people at all. It's not that, right? It is simply they've never learned how to. That's all. And if they do spend a little bit of time to do it and they do learn to manage very well, they become so extremely powerful. Like if you look, some, some of the people I worked with years back, someone like uh, Matt Diggity, for example, like he, uh, I mean, he owns so many companies. You've, I mean, he built a lot of an empire really. And it's been down to learning to understand how to build stuff through other people. Because here's the thing, if you're just building everything yourself, you only have 24 hours a day, right? Yeah, sometimes, you know, I'll have an idea for an affiliate site. I'll, I'll tell someone and you know, when I wake up 12 hours later, we have an affiliate site. Like I have done nothing except tell someone or ask someone to do it, right? That the, the ability to get things done without having to do it, that is the business life hack that, yeah, that you want. Yeah. I, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile of all the things you do. So it's like, we've got SEO Mastery Summit, we've got Aristo uh, Sourcing, and then we've got your uh, management consulting. And I was thinking, this is a really odd mix of projects and interests that you're working on. And I was trying to figure out how do these things connect? And I think they connect perfectly. Maybe the SEO part of it, I'm kind of on the side with, but maybe you've learned SEO from needing that for, you know, advancing your businesses. But 
I think there's an interesting topic that maybe people aren't really having a discussion about, which is we all are interested in hiring VAs. So you've got Aristo Consulting, but then there's management of like, I think most of the people that hire VAs don't really get the best out of them. So I'm wondering if you've got some, some thoughts on that. Two reasons. Number one, they treat them as cheap labor. Yeah. Number two is they don't know how to manage. So to start from number one, um, you can get incredible results with great people and you can find great people anywhere in the world, right? The thing is you have to hire good people in the first instance, right? A lot of the time, the problem is that most business owners look at it wrong. It's not, it's never about hiring cheap labor ever. That is never the goal. Every recruitment you make, every hire you make have one purpose. It is to get good ROI. If you hire someone and pay them 10 grand a month and they make you a hundred K a month, that's a good deal. If you hire a similar role, pay them 500 bucks a month and they make you 400 bucks a month, that is a bad deal, yeah. right? It is not about what you pay. It is about the outcome. That's the first step of really understanding it, right? It's not about thinking about hiring cheaply. It is about to think, where can I get the best return of investment? So for example, if you look at developers, right, you can hire some absolutely great developers, many places in the U S and in some places you end up paying 200 grand a year, get them. Now, if you go to, well, Ukraine is probably a bad example at this point in time, but similar countries in Eastern Europe, you might hire a very similar qualified developer might not be native English and communication is key, but let's say you hire a similar developer at 60, 70 grand a month, not a year, sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you can very often get a, at very close to a similar return from an individual like that, right? So it's not about thinking cheap. It is about thinking, what is it I need done and how can I get it done in the most cost-effective manner? Now, one of the key things about outsourcing is that there's a lot of things that are not feasible to do if you have to pay someone $15 an hour to do it. Like, so there's a bunch of lead generation methods, for example, that just doesn't make sense if it's a $15 an hour job. Now, there's some of these methods that make sense if it's a $5 an hour job, right? Now, again, it's, again, it's never about the cost, but it's always about the return. What are you getting back from me? So when you're looking to hire for a job, it's always and consistently to look at, well, what do I need here, right? What do I need and how can I get the, the most cost-effective sort of setup or the, the most cost-effective uh, output from this process, right? That is, that is really what's key. And when you're going to that, when, when you're looking at outsourced workforce, right? Like we, we obviously have a, a lot of great people. We have about 300 staff. Um, what it was at the moment uh, as VAs. And uh, the key thing with them is that they're as good as people let them be. Yeah. So very often our strength as an agency is to hire great people. That is our sole focus. Yes, you can find people who have certain experiences and so on, but most things in my experience in SEO, uh, you're better teaching people your process 
Uh, it can be okay to have a good understanding of SEO beforehand, but you're much better off teaching people your process. Right. Because even though if you find someone who's good at on-page, you're good at link building, the way they did it versus how you did it is rarely the same, right? Um, so when you are looking at outsourcing, right, find great people. Find great people with the right personality for what you're trying to hire for, and you will succeed, right? Second thing is treating them as cheap labor. The problem is if you have someone in an office sitting in Milwaukee, uh, or you have someone halfway around the world in the Philippines or our favorite place to hire, which is South Africa. And um, problem is people treat them as such. And the thing is, if you treat someone as $5 labor, five, $5 an hour labor, they will deliver like $5 an hour labor. The thing, if you have an expensive staff member in an office in Milwaukee, you will talk to them. You will have conversations with them. You will try and grow them. And the thing is, we, we have virtual assistants that have been with clients for years. We have a virtual assistant that is literally the CEO of an e-commerce business right now, doing millions of dollars every year. She's the CEO because client trusted her and at some point she was good enough to run the entire business. And that never would have happened with micromanagement. It would never happen in my question, but, but often a lot, a lot of the time, it's also about spending time with people. Like SEOs think spending time with people is teaching them how to do something. And so like one of the key things about management is you have to care. You have to actually show an interest in the people that you're working with. And when you start doing that, things start happening, right? And this is the biggest thing. Uh, so the, the, the sort of most secret weapon you will in, in management, management 101 is, uh, is about one-to-ones and it's basically simple conversations with your staff. You want to get to know your people. You want to get to understand who they are because that is how you get the most out of humans. If someone hires you and never talk to you and never look at you, like you're not going to deliver your best work. It's not a question of. Oh, well, I pay you, so you should sit down and you should do this. That is never the question, right? Reality is, and, and take this from your friends, right? If, if a friend call you up right now and say, Hey, I'm moving this weekend. Can you come help me? Well, it's very simple. If it's a great friend who cares about you and that you trust, you're going to say yes. And, and it's easy to say, oh, but well, but I pay them, so they should do it. That's not how humans work, right? That's not how humans work. No, it makes sense. Um, I know we could probably talk about SOPs, but I think maybe this is part of like actually caring for your virtual assistants or people you hire, which is help them advance. So if you want them to be better than you, uh, how do you think a course is and helping them with their education of that role? How important is this? Uh, education in general is important. Uh, honestly, it doesn't have to be courses per se. I think courses can be great for a lot of things. Um, not everyone learns the best way from courses. So that's also something to, to take into consideration, right? Um, but I think generally development is important. One of the key things, so when you're doing one-to-ones with your staff, talking about development is key. And one of the big challenges that most people have when they're micromanaging is that they tell people what to do. So let me teach you a way not to teach someone something, 
So a great way to say, oh, you need to be better at this. Take this course. Of course, yeah. Because then you're telling people what to do. Now, here's a way that you can get better at it. If you're having an employee and you say, hey, you know, you're struggling a bit with your, I don't know, let's take something simple. You're struggling a bit with your typing. You know, I can see that when you're typing, you're sitting with one finger and you're typing very slowly. How could you get better at that? And the thing is, even if you know the best course on planet Earth on how to type fast, don't tell them. You want them to go out, research, figure out what do they think is the best course. The reason why is very, very simple. If you tell people what to do, it is not their choice. It is not their will. And they don't learn from if you really want your staff to learn, you need to give them ownership to learn. And the way you do that is let them figure out what course do you think. And here's the thing. They might not pick a great course. When they come back and you say, okay, I went to boss, man, I went to this course. You know, I, I think it's better. And you're like, okay, let's test your speed. Let me look at your typing. Are you typing with one finger or are you using multiple fingers? Right? It's very simple, but you need to give people ownership. And actually it ties great into processes that you owe, SOPs that you just mentioned, right? All business owners, particularly small business owners, they all listen to some gurus and they all think they have to sit down and write all the SOPs. Let me tell you a secret. The CEO of IBM is not sitting and maintaining 400,000 SOPs across a business and no. if you want to do the right thing, you tell, you give people an ownership, you share with them existing SOPs, but fundamentally the person doing the job should be the person owning the SOP. Now the manager of the person should probably sign off on updates, but you want the person who's actually doing it to be responsible for the SOP. I agree. I think I've heard of some really good SOPs and sales documents that have come out of IBM. So um, they're not a big corporation for random luck. I think there's there's definitely something behind it. Yeah. Now, right. now going into SEO, uh, so you've set up the SEO Mastery Summit. And obviously, I, I want to learn about your background of like, you know, how did you get interested in SEO? And I, I think this conference looks pretty interesting. I saw the lineup uh, last year and I said, oh, this would be a great place to visit um, Saigon or Ho Chi Minh. And um, yeah, so tell us more about your SEO background and this conference. Yeah, so I actually got into SEO many years ago. So while I worked in the corporate world at IBM, I eventually started uh, building up affiliate sites and uh, I built up a very, very big site and I I had very little time. I was doing 60 hours a week in my, my full-time job. So uh, as a manager at IBM, I was not bored. Uh, but I hired a couple of Filipinos at the time. And back in 07, 08, when I first started out, you could write, let's just call it pretty terrible content, still uh, have some very promising results. So we built up a scientist and we were at, at the peak of it. It was making over 20 grand a month. Uh, so we were, we were doing pretty well. And that was a pretty... Pretty nifty sighting, if you will. And um, yeah, 
one day to the next site got annihilated, penguins and pandas coming along. And that was not my favorite time in the world, but, uh, but I've gotten, I got to know a lot about the, the world of SEO and so on. And when I eventually left the corporate world, I already knew at that point that SEOs were a great audience to teach management because most of them, like most SEOs are afraid of it because it's dealing with people and most SEOs are introverts and it is scary. But as an introvert myself, I learned very quickly that, you know, when you learn how to do it, you become extremely powerful. When you learn how to manage people well, it is, it is a cheat code like no yeah. others, right? So that was, that was really how I got into SEO and that was how I sort of got into SEO as one of my primary niches. Really my management, I work with uh, people in many, many different niches, right? So it's not just SEO, but uh, SEO is definitely one of my favorite niches and SEO Master Summit came along. Uh, I, I speak at many, many conferences every year. So I speak at somewhere between 10 to 15 to, and uh, I see a lot of conferences and at every conference I was at, there was always something I wanted to change. And I was like, well, why do we not just make the best SEO conference in the world? And so we did. Um, and that, that was really how the, the sort of conference and the event itself sort of kicked off. And, um, that was, yeah, last year was the, so we ran it online during COVID a few times, uh, where it was just an online summit. But then last year we, we kicked off for the first time and, uh, based on the feedback, it was the best SEO event in the world. And, uh, I, I love where we have it. So we have it in Saigon, which is in Vietnam. So it's, uh, it's been away from most people, but what this does is very, very important. Uh, when you go to a lot of events in UK, like, you know, if you go to something like Brighton SEO or something. If you're actually a good SEO, you'll, you'll often run away screaming because it's full of agency staff that have worked on social media for three weeks and link building for two months or whatever. Uh, it's not where you make the right connections, right? Now, when you look at it, um, when you look at the people who come all the way halfway around the world to Saigon, it's usually people who are making money is typically business owners or very, very high level SEOs in agencies and affiliate and e-commerce and in these very sort of high level, um, situations, right. And that's the best event you find when, when you see these events, I mean, we, we typically have three, 400 people, uh, actually this one will be about 450 people. Um, and with that, you get plenty of very, very outstanding people that you can learn from. Personally, I find an audience like that way better than a couple of thousand people who, where it's much better, where it's harder to connect and it's much harder to find, you know, you have to meet a lot of people before you find people that are interesting and so on. Right. So for me, that was the essence of the, of the event. It was really about building the event with one of the best audiences in the world. And I believe we have done that. It's an interesting, uh, full circle. Like I said, uh, how, how do we connect these three things you do and. Uh, you know, what was your take in not only being, uh, into SEO, but, um, like, what are you offering the SEO community or what do you speak at? And I, I think what you've seen, you've obviously got a different, um, lens on the SEO space than I did, but I did believe that there's a lot of really good SEOs that weren't good business owners. And there's a lot of really good salespeople that were terrible at SEO, just basically ripping people off left, right, and center. And I know just from having the chance to interview a lot of SEOs, like the, a really great example is uh, Ferry Cazzoni from Search Intelligence. Like he shares this story about 
three years ago going, you know what, I'm going to go super niche. And then once he did that, he's like, you know, everything just became simple. And then he became, you know, his reputation grew. He started to separate himself when you're like, who are they and what do they do? It's all about identity. And, you know, oddly enough, there's like a branding uh, lesson in there somewhere. Yeah. I mean, honestly, successful businesses is built on simple, scalable processes. The problem with most SEO agencies I work with is they're like, yeah, but you know, I have to be involved in everything because no one else can analyze all these companies and no one else can do all this. And like, here's the thing. If the business cannot run, if you disappear for three months, you ain't got a business, right? You need, you want to make sure you have a business because it's sellable. It's more scalable. It's peace of night, right? Like if you can't sleep every time there's a Google update, that's not a very great life. I want to go into like almost every podcast finds a way to go into AI, but I'm going to be direct. How do you see AI direct, uh, AI disrupting, you know, virtual assistants for the work they do as well as the companies that hire them? Um, and what do you see of the future of like this year and beyond? Yeah. So again, I, I actually have many businesses. So, so, so our VA company is only one of, one of very many. So we, we own seven companies now. Uh, the key thing I always look at, and, and particularly with AI, is how can I help sort of server or deliver services to the world of SEO and, and similar niches um, in a way that makes sense, right? Because um, reality is that things have changed, things will change always, and that's a fact, right? So with AI specifically, I, in, in some way, it really excites me. In some way, it really scares me more so for humanity. So okay. um, let, let, let's take the good angle, right? So I, I, I believe AI can be extremely helpful to, to many, many things. I, I think doing more things with less is always good. It's good for business. Um, every time I look at the world, I look at um, sort of productivity of humanity. And if you can do a lot more things, if you can accomplish a lot more things with less, I, I think fundamentally, I think that's a great thing. Um, so my, my personal view on AI is that it's something that's going to benefit, hopefully. Um, and I think in, from a business standpoint, it can benefit in so many ways, right? Um, will it take jobs away from some people? Possibly. Um, Will those people potentially have other things they can do? I would say probably. Um, some probably won't, right? Because again, AI, I mean, the same with you, when you start, when, when they figure out all this self-driving stuff and you can suddenly replace all truck drivers on the planet with a self-driving truck, uh, are they going to find an instant job? No, but the potential for humanity is that they can find jobs that adds more value, right? And yeah, there's definitely got to be some hard times. And, and I think AI is, uh, when you look at the tech world, like AI is definitely um, pushing out some people in different places. And the key thing for me is you need to look at that and you need to see, well, what what is the direction? What do I need to learn to benefit here? And the thing is, if you're just an SEO, and I say just as a, uh, just an SEO in the, in the worst possible way, but if you are just an SEO and suddenly you can ask AI to do SEO for you, well, then you're not very valuable. The thing is, if you're a business owner, if you're very great at accomplishing things with people, you're going to be incredibly valuable, right? And for me, that is the essence, right? So if you 
can learn to really get things done to other people, you are going to be extremely valuable. And for me, that is really the primary thing, right? Um, yeah, I'm going to summarize that is, you know, people like we're all going to be safe. Uh, we're not all going to be eliminated. That's what, yeah, let's not, let's not talk about the dark side. Yeah. Uh, the dark side's not very pretty, especially if you see it on Instagram. Uh, moving on to what do you see of the future of affiliate marketing as it intersects with business intelligence? I, I think of affiliate marketing, I mean, so actually the, the latest Google updates have been very interesting, right? I think they've been very difficult for a lot of affiliate marketing. Um, I think Google took a step that they had to take because if, if you look at the quantity of content on the internet. Over the last 10 months, it's like 10 X, right? Google have no way of, I mean, with sensible resources to go through all the content. I mean, if you look at the next 12 months, I mean, even though it's 10 X, I wouldn't wonder if it at least hundred X in the next 12 months, right? Like there's going to be unbelievable, incredible amounts of content on the internet and, and realistically, there's very little we can do about it right now. What does that mean? Right. I, I think Google, Google had to make changes to how it was evaluating things. I had honestly expected they would go even more aggressively on authority. I, I thought big authority guys were just going to keep winning even more than they have been. And uh, that was my expectation. They went a, a little bit of a different route. Um, and I think honestly, there's no way back. I think they realized that the results are pretty shit right now. Uh, Google is not delivering the best results, but honestly, I, I don't think they have much of an option. So I, I think they need to look at what they have right now and, and reiterate. Um, but I, I, I don't think AI have done anything positive for the better search results. Now is the end result of it going to be better possibly, right? So is there going to be a possible end that buy where, you know, all this AI content help generate better outputs in total. Um, I hope so. And I, I, I think they will. Um, but yeah, in, in general, I'd say that the landscape is, the landscape is changing, but the key thing, whatever you're doing, if you're able to build great businesses, if you're able to collect some great people together and enable them to do great things, for me, that is, that is consistently the lifetime skill that will, that will make you value, right? And I'll say for people, right here right now, like if, if you're stuck in a situation where your business depends on you, you definitely need to get out of this, right? Because it, with AI, most roles, most things over time will be replaced, right? I think your answer goes perfectly into my one last question, which is, uh, as someone who already has their own podcast with the Mad Singers Management Podcast, uh, which I just uh, followed recently. Um, do you think media, media channels like podcasts will be important for affiliates in the B2C space for growing their brand, their revenue, and potentially being another signal that tells Google that says, hey, I'm not just another AI content site. There's some real people here. Well, over the last five, six, seven years, what we have done with every single website we have built uh, is we have started a podcast. Uh, now, now, uh, 
I would, I wouldn't hype podcast too much because I would say we recorded at least one episode that was at least five minutes long. Right. Uh, and the reason was very simple. If you synchronize and the amount of links you get from all over the internet, when you sign up to all of these different podcast directories and you get synchronized everywhere, that is a, a lot of very good links. Uh, a lot of them are no follow, but honestly, it's a lot of trust. Yes. Again, most scammers, most whatever, don't build a podcast. So just having all of those links are great. Uh, where do I see the future? I see a video absolutely exploding. Okay. I, I see a video absolutely exploding. Now the problem is from, I don't know, six months ago, 12 months ago, whatever content is no longer difficult, right? Anyone can spit out a million words of content in a very short amount of time. Videos will probably get there. But right now, they're not. And because of that, you can do a lot of things with video. And if, if like, if I see a lot of the big people who are really making moves, they're killing it on YouTube. They're absolutely killing it on YouTube. And uh, I, I think video is probably going to be the number one thing for quite a period of time. Now, what I would say about it is that I think at some point it is going to be hard to stand out on video because just like we are sitting talking here, I imagine a year or two from now, there'll be two AI models sitting out of a podcast similar to what we are having. And honestly, you won't know the difference and it scares the hell out of me. But, uh, but I think the way content, I mean, I've seen a lot of these, um, sort of voice synchronization services that can duplicate your voice. And, and honestly, some, some of them are so good. Like you could go out, find, I mean, I've done hundreds of podcasts in my career, right? So you can go out, find hundreds of my podcast episodes. You can put them into some AI, I think, and I'm pretty sure you can make something that sounds exactly like me. And, you know, in, in a while you can also find something that looks exactly like me. And, um, you know, when we're going to have a Elon Musk interviewing Elon Musk on a, the 7 millionth Elon Musk channel. You know, that, uh, I, I have no idea how the world would cope with that, but uh, yeah. honestly, I, I see it as a potential because the way people are working with content right now, I, I see no reason why they wouldn't do the exact same thing with, with, uh, with video. And maybe this is a, maybe not the right question to feed back to you, but maybe it's possible that, you know, there could be a chat bot that does like the management consulting you do. And says, hey, can I have my own personal chatbot that not only teaches me the best things, but teaches me and understands how I learn? Yep. That, exactly. And, and uh, I, I think, and I don't think that's a bad thing, right? Like, uh, again, my, my mission is very simple. I, I want to I create more better leaders because, I mean, look at politics, look at anything. If, if we had more better leaders in the world, the world would be a better place. It's very um, true. That can be... If that can be done with chatbots, I will do that. I mean, I, I have plenty of things to do, so I would hope I would happily stop doing what I'm doing, but, yeah. uh, for the time being, at least there's a, there's a lot of needs and, uh, and uh, this is one of the key things, right? Most business owners who start a business have no management experience. Most people who get promoted into a role of management, no management experience, right? That one of the big reasons why a lot of companies are struggling in that situation is that when you are promoting someone to management, I mean, if they were an SEO, 
on Friday and they show up on Monday and they're in management, they don't know what to do. You know, had no training, right? It would be it, it would be a similar scenario to hiring a brand new person who've never heard about SEO and from day one expect them to be your head SEO. No training, no skill, no experience. You can do it, but it will take them quite a long time to get up to speed. Now you are way better utilizing existing people, utilizing processes, utilizing other things to get them up to speed faster. And that's what I focus on, right? So a lot of the companies I work with, I go in, I typically work with the business owner and the entire management team to get everyone on the same pace from day one. And you know, no one wakes up in the morning and wanting to do a bad job. Like if you have a manager, they don't. I might know a couple of people. You would think so, but but not really. Yeah, that's true. Like no one actually wakes up and say, hey, I want to do a bad job. They don't, right? Now, what does happen is that people don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they should be doing. And that is something you can change. Yeah. It's quite shocking that you you said any of that. Like I'm writing down notes through this whole conversation in this last one. I literally see another company that we're we're kind of doing some business with and this is exactly happening. They've got the, the, what I believe to be the wrong person in that forced position who doesn't have that experience. And I'm looking at the person that's under them and it's like that person actually should be there because they have more of that experience or you just need a good manager. And it's amazing to watch how destructive this is. Like you can either have pure destruction or like the opposite, which we all want like, you know, like not just wins, but like wins that are amplified. And it's quite crazy, uh, you know, what can happen. Yeah. And this is the thing, wait, like for me, the, the biggest thing is, t- is the time aspect in it, right? Like, because reality is you can have great manager, get absolutely stellar results for mediocre people. Yeah. Now you can have a poor manager getting horrific results from best people on the planet, right? If you manage great people very poorly, they will very often give you very poor results, right? And, and here's the thing, like when you look at SEO, it's a, it's a technical skill. Like most people spend three, four, five years getting good at SEO. Here's the thing. Most of the companies that goes through my management training, it is a one or a two day thing, right? Like I'm not saying they're going to be magically a million times better, but for most companies, what it takes is literally a couple of days because they often have great people who want to do a great job. They just need the basic tools, right? And a lot of these companies in one or two days, they learn what it takes, right? It is, I mean, again, that that's different between learning and then living it and doing it and so on. Right. So it does take more time. It does take more practice, but it is not like SEO. It's not something that you need to, obviously, if you do it for three years or 10 years, or, I mean, I've been in, at it 20 years now, but the longer you do it, right, the better you get for sure. Um, but you can get the 80, 20 at a very, very fast pace. Uh, Mads, this was amazing. I mean, you hooked me with one of your Instagram posts and I knew I wanted to kind of knock on the door of, uh, talking about management and of course, seeing how it connects the dots going full circle back to SEO. So all of this was, uh, was quite the learning experience for me. I'm grateful to have had this opportunity. How can people get a hold of you? And of course, we're going to give one more shout out to the SEO mastery summit too. Perfect. Yep. The best place is uh, Matt Singers. 
So messingers.com or my name on any social media, only person on the planet with the name. And uh, yeah, the SEO Mastery Summit. So if you want to experience the best SEO conference in the world, uh, it happens in Saigon in Vietnam in April. And uh, one of my favorite cities in the world. And uh, yeah, it's, it's an amazing time with a lot of amazing people. This is not like a typical conference. A lot of people come in even a week early just to start hanging out with great people and so on. So some of the first people already come in uh, to watch stand-up match and some people stay two, three weeks after. Uh, so it's, uh, that the main event is obviously key, but, uh, but there will be a lot of people around both before and after it. So, uh, highly recommended. I wasn't quite planning it, but I might have to revisit my schedule uh, for this year and, uh, make some adjustments. Mads, thank you so much for doing this. Likewise. Great meeting you. Thank you for tuning in to the Affiliate BI Podcast. I'd like to take this time to ask for a small favor to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps us expand our reach to rank higher in podcast directories and reach more listeners.